Police have said that cars were turned over, set on fire, and protesters have had clashes with their officers. People wonder, in the midst of all this disaster, how much longer the Good Friday podcast can actually continue. It's Friday. It's good. It's the Good Friday podcast, the second part. Oh, lad, lad, lad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to put the biggest applause noise in possible yeah. and it'll be good. This is it, exactly. As you might have guessed by now, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for part two of our one-year spectacular and we are delighted for the first time in 2021 to be joined by Mikey. The hair is back. Yeah. The hair is back. The females are frotting at the gash waiting for you. <laughs> It feels good to be on this side of the uh, conversation, not just, you know, from, from the window looking in. Yeah, it, it, it's weird to be, part. it's almost like you're breaking the fourth wall now, in fairness. And we're learning things about you that we never would have thought, that you're drinking wine, that you have fairy lights yeah. in the house, and that your beard is now six foot long. I, I know, I'm just, I mean, we're only, what, 30 seconds into this show? The revelations are just shocking. <laughs> We're becoming more and more involved in your life. Now that we've seen your flat, we've seen you, you know, you're going to bed. I mean... How, and we've met your so girlfriend at once. Go to see. Oh, so like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's getting really weird now, isn't it? It is. It's like it is a weird involved, crossover. Yeah. This is yeah. the most intimate I'd say you've ever been with a client, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All we have to do is just have a massive sort of gangbang when we can all meet up and it'll be perfect. Then we're just solidify the friendship yeah uh, this has been good this has been friday we'll see you next week <laughs> that was all part two it was meant to be on for that's it i completely <laughs> forgot our outro there i'm not gonna lie to you how do we even finish yeah, up I, I can hear that it's, uh, i honestly do you know what it's been a year and i've probably done fucking nothing out of this no neither have i the amount of effort i put in we probably have but no in fairness we're on the come down now because part one had the hardy bucks in it Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I'll just let you drink there. Just very professional, fair play. Sorry, I'm going to turn off my camera so you can actually see me drink because I'm just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's getting paranoid now. I don't want we, did, we had the Harley Bucks last week. I how professional I am. Yeah. So how did... Did you, did you listen back to it? Because I know you weren't involved in the interview, but like... <clears throat> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But uh, do you know how it went? Like, did you listen back to the interview? Yes. Of course I did. <laughs> I would always listen back to our podcast. No, you do not. Do you know what? He's still got the screen turned off. One of these. He's I haven't got the screen thing, That's why. Yeah, he, he can see care. the the lying face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, is it normal? Do people uh, actually, Mikey, help me out here? Once you well, actually, you record songs as well. That's true. So once you record a song, do you listen back to it? Uh, okay, you probably mix it as well, though. That's a really bad example. You're digging yourself you a massive example. hole here. Yeah, holy shit. That was just really bad. Do you reckon porn stars make a porno and then watch it back and be like, oh, I wonder what I could do better next time? If only we had yeah, a porn star that we could ask. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, what does John do? Did you ever ask John? What does John do? Does he I do don't it? know. Do you watch himself? We must ask John. We must ask John at whatever, whenever he pops up next, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, that's what I was asking you about five minutes ago and still haven't gotten an answer for. What did you think of the interview with Saul, Jack? 
Oh no, I did. I, I thought it was it was really good, fun, family, entertaining. Um, what other stuff should I say? What did you? What was the script again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm there virtually. It, it was good. <laughs> no, I, I respect the guys. I mean, fair face coming on, and even there was a good couple of shouts going back and forth between our page and their page um, after the podcast. I mean, massive respect and a massive shout out to them. I mean, Absolutely. it's pretty cool. It's really fucking cool, especially when I was sharing it with my friends. They're kind of like, how? And I was like, yeah, well, there's this, there's this, there's this guy called Darren who um, is, is fairly annoying, and um, yeah, if, if people don't agree to do things, he'll just annoy them a bit more, and and, and that's that's how. And they kind of bought that, so yeah. You're lucky I'm not sensitive, I swear. Um, <laughs> this is how far we've come on. Mikey, you edited the interview. Did you hear it back? I had uh, all the bits that I had to edit out, for sure. Uh, and, then, <laughs> then I, I got, <laughs> and then I got a bit of the normal bit. <laughs> Mikey was paid to edit the, video, the, the, the interview, and he still didn't listen to it. Oh, I got like a whole other interview worth of stuff that didn't get aired. So like, I got like a private interview. I feel a bit, a bit special about it. That's it. That will never make the airwaves again. Um, so Mikey, we do have you on, away from your sound desk for a specific reason. This is part two of our one year spectacular. Now, we Absolutely. don't want to see Alessio edited um, Episode one was on with us as our sound engineer and one of the recent ones as well. I can't remember which one he did, but he did a recent one as well. But um, when you walked in then in episode, uh, when we were doing the second episode, first of all, what did you think of our first impressions of the two of us? That's the first question I'll ask. Uh, It'll be the second one, yeah. It took me me a moment to realise that you actually, deep down, are friends. I thought you just genuinely really don't get on at all and I do <laughs> some passive aggressive therapy session where you just shout at each other for two hours and then that's it that's pre- pretty much fairly accurate in fairness and as yeah, we said before sponsors on. off you come um, the second question <laughs> I was going to ask is when you sat in and you listened to what the podcast actually was what did you think I like, I like the topics I like the kind of dynamic bit well, basically, you're Irish and Jack isn't. And I think that's a pretty interesting <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> that's our new Instagram clearly, bio there. You've, man- you've managed to get a year's worth of material out of that. And, uh, you know, here's to another year, I reckon, probably. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> or we might have just, like, kill each other the next time we see each other, wherever that is, and that'll be the end yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to add a more, you know, visual, physical... Uh, you know, section where we can literally just see you do like, I don't know, wrestling or boxing or maybe like <laughs> a swim competition or something. Oh, this is, this is, this is getting good now. This is going to turn into a, some serious fucking, we're turning into a little media group now. If we start having this kind of, this kind of going on, we could imagine the scene having an Irish and English drinking competition. Like we literally yeah. drink for our nation. That would be fucking class. Oh, I'm actually, I'm fucking sold. You I better not let me down, be, We'll do Are it anyway. Are you fucking kidding? I, I, I've no chance I'm letting that. I've seen Darren drink. Darren cannot drink. I know that for a fact. That is, I listen. That's you <laughs> should say a podcast disclaimer there because <laughs> I will sue you for that. Mikey, Mikey, he's talking bad about me, Mikey. <laughs> Shut up! Fuck off! Back to your own country. Shut up! I am here in my own country. Fucking Egypt. Stay there. Right. Stay there. 
You know how Zoom works like. Jesus, don't be getting COVID restrictions coming down on us. Right. <laughs> so we are going to give a little bit of a topic, right? And obviously, it's in line with the one year spectacular as well. And it's in line with the platform in which you will be listening to this when it goes on. And that is Spotify. And oh. yeah, I know. We're really scraping <laughs> the bottom of the barrel now. Um, so, but it is, it's Spotify playlists. Now, whether you're in, whether you're in the gym or whether you're at a house party or you're out for the run or you're just sitting down pulling the fucking todger off yourself, then Spotify is always going in the background. That's, that's the topic. What songs do you listen to when you're having a wank? Um, <laughs> Jack, off you go. Classical radio. Fucking solid, mate. When you're having a wank. Yeah, 100% Because when you get to like The climax of a song or I believe they call it The ascendo No, that's not what it's called Is it? Crescendo? No, what's the opposite Of a crescendo? Mikey, help me out here What's the opposite yeah, Of a crescendo? crescendo? Oh, is that when it gets bigger? No, no, that's not mm-hmm. I get bigger What's <laughs> that when it gets louder? Gets bigger? <laughs> which, which The music or the t- <laughs> <laughs> My todger uh, Okay, when the music Crescendos, mate That is a <laughs> Climactic point I say for myself But yeah, no Honestly, classic FM Bangers Bangers after bangers. So it's just your, it's just your, this image I have in my, my head about you now that it's just nascent dormers in the background and just the final north as your climax. <laughs> that, I actually sing the final note as I climax. <laughs> the people oh, of Wembley fuck. know what's going on when I'm going. <laughs> you see, this is the thing, right? I always move it away slightly from wanking for about a short period of time which always oh, it ever it seems to be um, boring I, it'll probably go back there again um but when i do be doing it in the gym and stuff like that putting in the earphones listen to a spotify playlist because my music choices are so fucked up then i <laughs> i could be listening to just like pure death metal or something like that if i'm doing squats and all of a sudden a fucking song from a musical will come on and i'll nearly drop the weight on my fucking head <laughs> because i will say you something from hairspray or something comes on right after Metallica or something like that. That's what happens in my point of view. But it's just it is absolutely crazy. Mikey, in your perspective, do you have that kind of a problem that your Spotify playlist is just so varied that anything could come on? Yeah, especially because probably like most people, there's only really one one of us who pays for the account. And then everyone yeah. uses that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of the one who's destroying the playlist for everyone else, really. Right. Um, I think, yeah, they're more likely to have, uh, you know, uh, know Oasis and, and, yeah, and then yeah, Brand of Sacrifice, something mm-hmm. like that. Alice in Chains, Man in a Box comes on straight so, after Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I get, I get what you mean. Exactly, yeah. So Mikey, I mean it's great for me, but yeah. Your your look, your get up really speaks to me and says heavy metal. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. You're not wrong. I I transition like further than uh yeah, kind of. I think there's I a time like, and a place. I feel like, I feel like you're sometimes you just yeah. on a crap. Yeah, like more well, like I, yeah, I know, yeah. What comes to my mind is that Norwegian stuff where they go around and burn churches. And I'm not really into that. <laughs> That's the finish. 
But I, honestly, what I'm getting at is I feel like that is the one genre of music that I, I, I just can't listen to. I don't know what it is about <laughs> heavy metal. Where as soon as it comes up, no, I know I'm ch- I'm chucking um, metaphorical fists per se. But like, honestly, I don't I don't get it. Like as soon as heavy metal for me, as soon, there are some heavy metal songs I listen to. Yeah, when Darren like mentions the gym or like when I'm like either out. And I wouldn't listen to it like if I'm walking down the street. I'll be scared like I'll punch an old lady in the head. But like yeah. there are certain like times for it. But uh, heavy metal for me, I mean, I like my my music taste is so like chill, mellow, R&B, hip hop, like rap, you know, I'm down with the cool kids, that kind of stuff. Uh, I said cool kids is a lie. But, you know, like I, I honestly, I, I don't know what it is about heavy metal. Is that like your predominant music genre? Well, if I tell you that the sole intention of it is to make the most disgusting sounds possible. So if 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 someone like yourself goes, oh, what is that? <laughs> then you've won. You've literally made a good song there. So that's the intention behind it. Maybe that kind of clears it up. <laughs> yeah. Now now I now I want to like it because I don't want them to let them know they're doing a good yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep faking it. Keep faking it. I'm that's conforming all. to society. For fuck's sake, I hate my life. I will say one thing, though, Mikey, in fairness, and this is a story that people won't know on the podcast yet, but um, the one night Mikey and Alessio and Andrea, the three guys who run Rogue Recording Studios, came into me in the parish bar. They played all kinds of songs, all kinds of like uh, heavy metal and stuff I'd never heard of, Slayer Raining Bloods and all this other stuff as well. It was, it was fantastic. Until the one moment um, Alessio started to burst out with, you are my fire. <laughs> this is the thing, about seven, five or six, I would say, heavy metal looking fellas singing Backstreet Boys to me behind, which is the most surreal experience I've ever had in eight years of working behind any bar. So is it a case of that when you listen to so much heavy metal that you come back and you just need something to just switch off to? I think you're definitely right, yeah. I mean, also, who can deny themselves just a classic Backstreet Boys tune? And they're just what so I listen to when I wank, in fairness. <laughs> Larger than life. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Larger than life. Brilliant. What would be your go-to karaoke song, then? Me? Recently, yeah. it's been the, the Power of Love by Huey Lewis. <laughs> Are you a Back to the Future fan? <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah, massive fan. <laughs> so it's usually between that and uh, I've been known to do a pretty good final countdown every now and then. Oh, One right. of those. Jack, what's your go-to making love song? Uh, Go on. Happy birthday. I need something that's like 30 seconds and below. No, we're not talking about the one time a year that you're doing it. We're talking about what the song is. <laughs> I honestly don't fuck. I honestly don't have one. I always used to play Mike um, Myers. That's definitely not the one I used to play. I used to play Magic Mike, that song out of Magic Wire. It's like, boom, boom. You know that. You know the one where he's like all sexy and they're like all dancing. And I used to pretend yeah. to do that sometimes. And that is, I, I swear my girlfriend might stab me for saying that. I mean, I think I'm much sexier than what I probably am. I mean, and that's definitely the song I should not be playing. So I'm pretty sure when my, like, my, I don't know, where's he, like, 65-year-old landlord who lives directly below me hears that song, he probably knows there is something disgustingly disturbing happening in that flat above. <laughs> Mine is quite simple. What about you, Darren? Mine is quite simple. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers Can't Stop. 
That's uh, <laughs> oh, God. You you wanted us to get on this topic. You had that fucking. You had that one picked for ages. No, I didn't. To be yeah. honest with you, I didn't. That was just cams me right there. To be honest. Oh, I'm just so naturally funny. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right, far, sorry. Do you want the real answer? It's the Balamori theme song. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tune. What I do know about you in uh, in terms of like. Spotify list and stuff because when we were working in Sarah's together and we did do the Sundays like I mentioned in the last episode that um, Jack like we'd always throughout the whole week Mikey put on these tunes like you know the, the, the playlist was called Easy 2000s or something just like stuff that everybody oh, yeah. would know and things like that and everything like that <laughs> and Jack comes in then plugs in his phone to this aux cord that would give you feedback like a fucking health inspector and then turn around yeah. and just play this music that sounded like the feedback from the aux cord that's <laughs> whatever that's what whatever that, my music was sick and the other story I'm going to tell is the one of the last days that I worked, I think the last day that I worked in Sarah's for you was the Carabao Cup final in 2020. And oh, yeah. people who don't know this, um, it was Aston Villa and Manchester City. And for people who don't know this about Wembley, because like hooliganism and football violence and stuff like that, they had to separate out the fans of a while ago so up one side of Wembley you would have had the Aston Villa fans and down on the other end then you would have had the Man City fans so we had Sarah's Kitchen we had a, a big pub full of fucking full to the brim of Manchester City fans Jack comes along puts on football songs as a playlist right puts them on thinks that's great <laughs> and everything's going fine football's coming home all that stuff is coming on and right in the middle of a pub full of Manchester City fans what comes on when you walk you'll never walk alone straight out to all the Man City fans <laughs> you never the booze could have been heard up in fucking Wembley Stadium I'd say they were fucking they were raging so they were do you yeah, remember that fucking mad yeah, I do remember that. People started chucking fucking um, plastic cups as well. And yeah. like, they thought it was funny. But I, li- I literally shit myself. I've never been so scared. So imagine my fight. That probably must have been full of like 400 fucking Man City fans. They would imagine like, even like 5% of them come running over. I would have probably pooped my pants. Yeah, wouldn't know what true. to do. I, I, I do you think it's kind of funny? Do you think it's just funny how like a song, which on its own, like is fine, isn't it? It's just, it's just noise can upset yeah. people to a level that would be riots. Like, yeah. that's nuts, isn't it? Football it is. fans are just bizarre. Yeah. No offence, but like they are. Yeah. They're just yeah. A, literally a different breed of human. It's just, it's yeah. just actually nuts. Like, and then if you were to play the, the national anthem, oh my God, they'd be fucking gagging for it. They'll fucking love it. They are, they're just such a, yeah, I don't even know how to describe them. Such a fucking yeah, Well, breed. people are fucking nuts, I suppose, in fairness over there. There's no reason for going nuts. That song oh, is nuts. Oh, shut up. That song Shut is not up. something to go fucking mental to. Uh, Shut <laughs> up. We're going to leave that topic there before we go absolutely nuts at each other. Right, so our second topic now today, ladies and gentlemen, is the topic of polygamy, believe it or not. Polygamy, the idea that a man can have loads of different wives. Now, <laughs> I don't know how we got onto this topic, but we're going to give it a go anyway. Uh, and we do actually have a polygamy expert on the line at the moment. Um, now his name is his name is written down here as Bunty Heffernan. Hang on a second. Hold on. Isn't Bunty Heffernan the real name of How are you doing? Ah, oh, for fuck! 
John, John Magnum. How are you doing? Hello, Jack. Hello, how are you? Jack, it would be a better answer if you frightened him. I, I, I didn't expect him to be on today. I mean, hello, hello again, John. How are you? I, I'm great. You can't seem to look me in the eye there now at the minute. Right. Sorry, sorry, John. But I mean, I didn't realise we'd be having you on. Thank you for letting me know, Darren. But how, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how's, uh... Nobody knew. I didn't know he was coming on. Nobody knew he how's, was coming on. How's 2021 <laughs> treating you, John? John... Oh, it's very well. John, hold on. Hold on, John. Like, you're, what, what, you're a polygamy expert now. How dare you question my credentials? The state of you and the price of turnips. <laughs> John, what, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, you have a different job every time we're talking to you. Times are hard. Times are hard. <laughs> so, I mean, what have you been, are, are you actually an expert on polygamy? So, what's going on? No, I'll be honest with you. You wouldn't have me on part one. So, I said that I'd just make my way on here and then talk about something. I know nothing about it. John, John, if you asked to be on part one, I would have said yes. It's, it's all Darren's fault, and I've got nothing to do with that. Just we, so we, I'm in your good book. Yeah, but like, I mean, like, we didn't have room, John. I'm sorry, we had to. We had to let the, the Hardy box on. That was all. It was like, all right, I made the two of you famous, and now, now you're you're casting me aside. Oh, I, I understand how it is. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. Like, I mean, so like, if you're not here to talk about. Polygamy, what are you here for? <laughs> well, you realize that the last time I was on, I was talking about the career of an investigative journalism. As, yeah? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I did my book, my first book of investigative journalism about people with homophobia called Not In My Backyard. And uh, that sold, <laughs> sold very well. <laughs> I now have my, my follow-up book to that, and uh, it's about people with um, multiple personality disorder. It's called Asher, You Know Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> None of this is politically correct. John. I'm going to start a petition. I'm going to start a petition, John, to permanently have you replace Darren, because I feel like myself and you would get on a lot better than myself and Darren. <laughs> I would be well up for that, absolutely. Especially when he bumped me from last week's podcast. That wasn't. That and wasn't. as I said, all on him. All on him. Yeah. I'm sorry. Look, as I said, look, we had to get the Hardy Box on. Oh, you want the Hardy Box? On. Who from the Hardy Box did you have on? Uh, we had. Um, uh, Peter Cassidy and, and Stephen Kelly, French Toast O'Toole and Cowboy Eleven. Oh, yes, the Cowboy, yes, yes. Actually, that reminds me of uh, uh, one of the porn films that I did. Uh, it was a very big hit. It was called uh, Saddle Up, Daddy's Going to Church. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get sued at some stage from people. <laughs> This isn't right, like... <laughs> uh, well, was there a plot to that one, uh, John? 
Was they just that, put oh, me on the it? horse, and uh, <laughs> I think the horse was very shy because he he usually has the biggest um, swinging tool in the room, and I think the horse was blushing when uh, when I was getting fluffed <laughs> up. Where do you come up with these ideas for your porn films? Um, well, I would have I would have come up with it with um, Ireland's original uh, porn film. <clears throat> no, sorry, um, I would come up with Ireland's original porn film. Uh, that would have been on every Sunday evening. Uh, Glen Row. <laughs> Glen, Glen Row is not a porn film. If you've seen some of the stuff that those farmers got up to in the barn, it's worse than anything you saw on Pornhub, I'll tell you. <laughs> have you left the industry completely, like, or what? Is it? I have. I've told you that. I've retired. Um, although I do still keep getting offered parts in, uh, in, in porn films. Really? Yes, yes, I, I got, uh, I got offered one recently, just there last year. What was that? Normal people. <laughs> no, you got offered the part in normal people. I did, I did, yes. But, but aren't you a bit old to be playing Connell? Aren't you a bit old to be playing that young fella? No, I got offered the part of the young one he was riding. <laughs> It was originally a very different film. It was originally very different. It wasn't supposed to be called Normal People. What was it supposed to be called? What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> John, I, I, I'm sorry, John, but we're going to have to just cut this short before we get sued. It's, it's, we can't do, it's fine, it's fine. Cast me aside again. Cast me aside again. John, we do want to say thanks, though, for coming on in uh, in episode fifteen and and making us into into mainstream and bring us to where we are now. Oh, you're welcome. We owe it to you. Yeah, we, you we owe it to you. Do. Not a bit of gratitude out of either one of you, but I'll. Uh, <coughs> it's fine. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. But uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Magnum. We never properly recover any time he's on, but we're going to try anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, before I introduce our guest for this week's interview, it's, of course, it is, as you know from last week, it is uh, Mr. Luke Devaney, uh, musician extraordinaire from the In the Lamplight podcast. Uh, Luke's a, an old friend that I know from my Sligo days, so we reminisced about that, amongst other things. Uh, before we kick off with that, though, we do have one of the two songs that he will be playing on the podcast. This is his cover of Rudy by The Special. So take it away, Luke. Stop your fooling around. Time you straight and right out. Your future Creating problems in town All over town Rudy A message to you Rudy You know I say a message to you So stop your fooling around Down to. Ah, 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 ah. 
else you wind up in jail. A message to you, Rudy. You know I said a message to you. Every guy wants her to be their girl, but I wait right here till it's my turn. Cause I'm not the kind of guy. Up just like that. Oh, oh no. no! So stop your fooling around. Ah, oh, girl, it's time you straighten right out. Ah, yeah, you better think of your future. Ah, that you gon' wind up in jail. No, don't wind ah, up in jail. Rudy, a message to you. Rudy, a message to you, Rudy, a message to you, Rudy, you know I said a message to you, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, my guest right across from me on the interweb at the moment is the archetypal structure of human musical legendary that is Mr. Luke Devaney. Jesus, that was some introduction, huh? Yeah, say that again. The, ar- the archety- what? archetypal structure of human musical legendary. I like that. You can put that in your CV, you know. I like it. I'm going to put that on my CV. I'm going to put it on the first line, man. <laughs> so I want to take you right back, Luke, because we know you play about 414 different instruments, right? Where did your love for music start? The honest to God answer to that is it started with Foster and Allen. Seriously? That's, that's the honest to God answer. So yeah, what age were you when you first sang Maggie then? I wonder today. I still know all the words, man. I still know all the words. You said that kind of as a half joke, but that's 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 pure seriousness bang in your eyes. The, now. the, the serious truth, right? <laughs> uh, I'm probably about four, um, and I kind of became fascinated with the accordion just because of at, at that age. I don't know, four year old child accordion fascination, perfectly normal, but. Um, yeah, so then I started learning the accordion when I was about five, six, and that's kind of where the whole thing just started for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cla- it, so much of what I know about you makes sense now, but um, <laughs> we'll, get into, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. What age did you really say to yourself, this is, do you know what, this is good crack, this is good crack, but at the end of the day, I could make a few pounds out of this. What age where would you say when you said that to yourself? Uh to be honest, I think I always knew I was going to do it. But like, what, you know, parallel with my fascination with, with music and, and, and Foster and Allen and, and, and all things music, really, at that age, I was also hugely into diggers and tractors, you know, <laughs> which was a more normal thing for a five-year-old child to be into. <laughs> and at that age, I used to say that when I grew up, I wanted to drive a digger during the day and sing in the pubs at night. So I'm doing half of that. 
The Irish uh, Clark Kent, go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I always think I knew I, that I was something I wanted to do, but um, as to when I decided that this could be, you know, a financially viable career, when coupled with the recording studio and the theatre work and the, the, all the various kind of things that I do or did pre-pandemic, um, mm. I'd say I was probably about 21, 22. You know, I drifted back from college. I drifted back from Manute without a plan. Um, I'd stayed in Manute one year after I finished college. Um, the thing I wanted to say, did you study music in college? Ah, it's debatable whether I studied in college at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> know that feeling, I, one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, at least you went to college to do theatre. I did theatre for three years in college, and I wasn't there to do theatre. I, I did three years of drama society, basically. Right. Uh, and I'd say I went to probably about 15% of the lectures and stuff that I should be going at. On my, this is a true story, right? On my graduation day, two separate people in two separate conversations said to me, Oh, I thought you dropped out. <laughs> Right. You know, lucky so, the Susie Grant people didn't hear that, I'm telling you. No, uh, uh, Susie Grant wasn't up my arse. But, um, but um, I still came out with... Uh, with a bit of paper. Which I was very happy with. I have the bit of paper. And <clears throat> I did music tech in English. And it was the music tech side that was kind of more up towards the one and the English side was more down towards the two. So yeah. I did well in the things that mattered to me. Um, good, good. Because I was doing them before I went to college anyway, you know. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, of course, where I came across first yourself was um, yourself and Tony, even, of course, Tony Travers, who isn't here, but... Um, yeah, sitting in the corner shouting for Oasis. Yeah, exactly, in Lily's, rest in peace, as you said yourself. Um, shouting for Oasis. Again. It'll rise again from the ashes. It will, absolutely, absolutely. And I have to keep shouting out to Blaine and to Sean and to Jamie Cawley up there as well, because I want... Um, I want three points when I go back to Sligo. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I hope so anyway. The thing, obviously you were in Sligo's second most uh, famous double act in that sense anyway, that like chocolate teapot came along then and put you to shame all the same. But I love the laughter in that as well. Um, but in terms of playing in a pub and playing on a stage, Mm. Are they things that you like for different reasons or do you prefer one over the other? Uh, good question, man. They're both just different aspects of performance, I suppose. When you're playing on a stage, generally you know that the crowd is there to sit down and relax and listen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, If you're in a play, you know what you're doing on the stage before you go out on the stage and you mm. do it, mm. uh, You know, uh, leaving aside any mistakes or anyone dropping a line that you might have to cover for or something you know you know that yeah. situation yeah. well um, but generally you know what you're doing and you go out and do it and you kind of know that the audience are going to like it and some audiences will like it maybe a bit more than others but they're all going to like it yeah because they've yeah. paid to come and see it yeah. um, in a pub you really don't know what you're doing before you go on like we have a you know, you have a set list. You have a rough idea of the songs you do and what you're going to play. But you play the room, but, basically. But you play the room because you could start out a night in Lily's with um, 
a gang of 30-something-year-olds over in the corner having some drinks and there's a fella on a, on a Tinder date over there and there's a couple of people in and everybody's sitting down and, and the room is generally quiet mm. and you start into maybe a bit of like Tennessee whiskey and free fall and, and it's stuff that's just, it's, you know, that's yeah. nice music now, tipping away there. That's, that's the mood. And then uh, a hen party from Armagh comes in. Yeah, yeah. And that's the room completely fucked totally changed and then they're going to want disco stuff and they're going to want lively stuff and they're going to want to jive and then you're looking at the people who were in and, and maybe they're a bit bothered by this but we actually liked it when it was quiet so then you're the whole night trying to please essentially two different crowds until either the hen party leaves or until the quiet people get drunk enough that they they kind of start to be wanting to be at the hen party level. That they're at Sometimes the same that level. Can be difficult. Yeah. And you don't always get them both in the end. Sometimes the quiet people leave or sometimes mm. the hen party decides there's not enough buzz in there mm. and they leave. No, I think, it, I think you can be performing and this is coming from my experience of both doing stand-up comedy in pubs and doing performing on stage as well. I think reading a room, you can be performing for 20 years and you'll still never have it down to a T. I think you're constantly learning it. Yeah. yeah. And some people, no more than, you know, some people maybe being more, having, having more of a natural ability at acting than others. Some people have more of a natural ability at playing a musical instrument. Some mm. people have more of a natural ability at fixing cars than yeah. others. Some people have more of a natural ability at woodworking than others. But it's the same with reading a room. Some people just have more of a natural ability That's it. to do exactly. that than others. Exactly. Exactly. The, um, the next stage of when, of course, we, we were told, I don't know whether you know, actually know the full extent of this story. So I'll just give people context of it before I tell it. Luke came on board as the musical technician for um, my graduation show that I would have done in Sligo. And uh, we were told by John Carty of the Blue Raincoats uh, Theatre Company in Sligo. How are you, John? There's a shout out for you. Um, so we were told that we'll have this massive, massive, uh, I'll have somebody coming on now who's going to do the music for us and everything like that. And John really, really hyped this up. And it's not that it was anticlimactic or anything, but when, they walked, when you walked in, we were like, yeah, we all know Luke. It was, we were expecting like Tiesto or someone or whatever to walk in. It's like, yeah, we all know Luke. I saw him in the pub on Friday night. Like, <laughs> Why didn't you mention this? I think that was the first thing we said to you when you walked into the nest was that. But um, Because when I walked into the nest, I also had that moment of looking around going, should I know half these people? I ha- I kind of hadn't, I hadn't put together either in my head that the people that I used to bump into often on a Friday night playing yeah. lilies or whatever, I didn't, hadn't, you know, twigged at this stage that you were all doing the um, performing arts course. Or if I did, that some of you, I hadn't twigged that you were in your final year. I don't know. Yeah. I just hadn't made that connection until I walked in through and I saw... I saw you and I, I just saw everybody and I was like myself and Gahan and the boys face. Yeah. I know his name I know yeah. like I know everybody yeah. here <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember it and, um, and that's why the Foster and Allen thing has finally, finally rang home because the accordion I think got so much of an exercise I think during that show but was it something I suppose in terms of actually navigating music for a show like that for something like the Caucasian Chalk Circle, which we did. Was that difficult or was it just, I'll see how they're doing the scene? And, or did you have an idea of what kind of music you were going to do from the get-go? Uh, look, at, I don't find it difficult. Um, 
I have no doubt there's people who would look at what I was doing and, and go, that must be difficult. Or, But it's practice no more than anything. Like, you know. You're you bragging now, go on. I'm not. You developed a character for that. But you've had, uh, you know, a life of experience in theatre and, and three, four years of formal training. Yeah. To let you develop a character. You know, you you can hand you could hand your exact script and lines and John Carty's direction to somebody, but hand it to somebody who has no experience in acting and they're not going to develop a character. It's something different. Looking at a person reciting or reading lines. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with what I did. Um, I, I don't find it particularly hard, but, but that's from a lifetime of playing music and preparing for stuff like that. Um, it's like so riding a bike, I suppose. When you when you know your trade, it's just it yeah, comes exactly. naturally, like water off a duck's back. Like yeah. So really, all it was for me was was sitting, watching the scene, getting a feel for how you were playing the scene and for how John was directing the scene, and then just trying to create music that fit the vibe. Mm. Really, that was that was that was all that gig was. See, you say that. But I remember there was one, I don't remember if it was a lunch break or something like that, or maybe a break in between scenes or something. And you still had the accordion there. And all of a sudden I list around and I was like, what's going on there? And it was thunderstruck you were playing on the accordion out of nowhere. Put that in, please put that in. But unfortunately, John Carty's formal training wouldn't have allowed it. But I just thought that was hilarious. And is it easy to take a certain... Not obscure musical instrument, but I suppose something that's not mainstream, like the accordion or other instruments like that, with tin whistle or a pair of spoons, whatever you play, because you probably play everything and anything, to take that and then apply it to a song that most people would know. Like Thunderstruck. Like Thunderstruck or anything like that that most people would know. It is easy. Like, you just have, like, you, you know the notes. Like, I, I, know, I know what the notes in, in that Thunderstruck were far from playing it on guitar. So I just play those notes in the accordion. Now it sounds completely daft on the accordion. It sounds like, like it sounds like you know, um, it, it, it sounds like you know Romanian gypsy accordion music on coke. Like when you yeah. play yeah. on the accordion, it just sounds totally, totally yeah. bizarre and wrong. But it's still recognizable you. as thunderstruck. No, I get you. I get you. The one thing, I, the, 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 my fondest memory of that show. I don't know whether you were actually in the room at the time, but. Um, there were there was the costume designer in the room. I think you actually came in about five minutes after this, but they were trying to pick costumes for everybody, and all the girls were getting these dresses and everything, all period timely kind of stuff. And then I walked up, and John was being really kind of, and this is a testament to like what John Carty, the man that John Carty is, I suppose, that he was being very tactile and very, you know. Um, politically correct I suppose in terms of just like saying could we get this for this and everything like that and then I walked up and said now can we get something for this fucking anomaly of nature <laughs> and I just laughed I said to John I said yes John you can't be flirting like that I said to him we got a great laugh out of it anyway <laughs> well you know what John you know to his credit knew that you could that you were up for a joke like that yeah exactly, exactly. do you know what I mean yeah like and I think that says says as much about his respect for you mm. and your general you know independence and, mm. and 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 comfort in yourself as it does for his intelligence of knowing when to yeah. make a joke like that. And I suppose, look, and I, I'll turn the question back to your own to yourself as well. Where that comes from for me to be able to take a joke like that is that again not forgetting where you come from. 
like not forgetting the background you grew up in and everything and that everybody's able to take a joke everybody's like look listen let it run off your back unless it crosses a line and most things won't cross a line for you like to me that's the thing and I was told never lose that in anything that you do to yourself do you feel like that if somebody is in a pub or on stage or something like that somebody's hurling abuse getting hecklers or whatever do you just let it roll off your back how do you do that uh to a certain extent, I'll ignore it because if you if you fire back at the um, the petrol to the fire, say, right? It's generally not petrol to the fire. What it is is signaling to everybody else in the pub who probably is completely unaware that you like. Generally, the only person that's aware that they're being heckled is you. Yeah. Because the person heckling you does not have a microphone. And generally in somewhere like Lily's or, or, or you know, a fairly closed and confined uh, space, they have to get pretty close to you to heckle you. And you could be playing music at the time or the public mm. would be allowed to chat at the time. Yeah. And generally people don't know what's going on. The second you fire back, you have a microphone in front of you. And generally what happens is you might shut the heckler down, but everybody else in the pub hears you saying, will you fuck off, you beep, and you... And, 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 and you know, yeah. and they turn around and get you... Jeez, your man's an awful bollocks, isn't he? Yeah. Turn it into more of a spectacle than it needs to be. Turn it into more of a spectacle and kill the, the good crack vibe in yeah. the pub. So generally, generally, I just let it go. Um, but sometimes you can get an opportunity to shut down somebody who's who's just pissing you off in yeah. a really quiet and subtle way and those are the opportunities that I relish <laughs> relish taking the best one I ever had was I was playing away one night in Lily's with Tony and there was somebody who kept coming up to me asking for Backstreet Boys I okay. once I said I'm really sorry we don't have any Backstreet Boys uh, rehearsed and just because of the way we do things with loops and, and, and tracks that we've recorded of ourselves like we can't really just do that on the fly sorry yeah. about that yeah. you know so she walked away and she came back five minutes later more asking for Backstreet Boys again and I said I so, I, like, I'm sorry like it's really not out of badness like I'd love to play it for you if I could yeah. play it for you I could like that's what I'm here for but I, I just I can't I'm so sorry and she walked away again and she kept coming back I'd say she came back five or six times and each yeah. time she was more drunk she was more obnoxious and eventually I just kind of said I have to say something here so we were at a break in, in a song and I said to her excuse me do, sorry I'm just aware that there are people around us that are listening and I'm conscious that they're listening do you mind if we just speak about this in French so that they won't understand us and she said <laughs> I don't speak French and I said well I don't know the song so fuck off <laughs> good stuff well timed I remember one time seeing something like that as well There's a, there was a musician uh, Shawnee Mawkler was his name down around here and uh, it was one of his friends actually heckling him who was pure pissed at the time Shout up and going, Shawnee, play something we know. And Shawnee just whispers into the microphone, you know nothing. Excellent. It's brilliant when you get those opportunities. Um, so I just want to take it on then to In the Lamplight, which is the podcast yourself and Kieran Quinn do. Myself Where, and Kieran Quinn and a fella called uh, Rory Maitland. And Rory Maitland, exactly. Um, I'm not going to, because obviously the whole question, the, the cliche question of how did that come about is one, is something that's been asked about 400 times. 
What is your favorite part about doing it? In, in honest, in the last couple of months, it's just been doing it because there's been times when it's been the only thing that I've had mm. to do. You know, with the, if the studio has been closed, especially the, like January there through January and into bits of February, I was doing yeah. nothing. Yeah. Studios closed, there's no gigs. The podcast was the only thing that I had that yeah. Yeah. let me feel like I was still working yeah. or contributing something to society. So I'm really grateful to have it for, for that reason. I'm going to ask you this question, right? And this is the question we ask every single guest that we've ever had. And we ask this to the Hardy Bucks, if you've listened to this as well. The question we ask you, and we always call bullshit on this if we feel like you're lying, right? Okay. Question okay. we ask, what drives you? What drives me? What drives you? Um, I think at its, at its kind of deepest level is that I, I enjoy showing off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, You're an exhibition. You know, I, I, uh, yeah, a little bit. I like getting out on the stage and, and, and knowing that I've prepared and I've rehearsed for it and I'm going to deliver a good performance or getting up with, with a new song at a gig and going, I've rehearsed this song. We've prepared it. Me and Tony are ready to play it and let's go. Let's see if the crowd enjoys it. You know, mm. it's, it's being able to show. I mean, like, I don't think... It, you talk about calling bullshit you show me a performer on the planet who says they don't enjoy showing off a little bit. And I'll call bullshit on that. Oh, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. No <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who's ever worked with me in an artistic capacity now is calling bullshit on that. Um, no, no, I completely understand what you're saying. Luke, you are an absolute gentleman and a scholar. The In The Lamplight podcast, just tell people how they can find that. They can find it on uh, our website, which is lamplightpod.com, or they can find it on all the usual, the Spotify's and the Google Play Musics and the YouTube Musics and the whole lot, Apple, Apple Podcasts, all just by searching in the lamplight. Fantastic stuff. And we'll put the link to that at the end of this podcast as well, ourselves. Luke, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I genuinely mean that, an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, man. Likewise, man. I enjoyed that. And thanks for having me on. Come here. Can I ask you a question? Go on. What, uh, what do you go by these days in London? Are you Darren or are you Jenko? I've had to go to Darren and it sickens me. Because oh, I, was, I was going to say thanks a million, Jenko, for having me on. And then I said yeah. in my head, oh, maybe if I say that, people aren't going to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I think it's slowly coming back around again to Darren, but like, or to Jenko, I mean. But like, for, it's been Darren for about the last 12 months and it's sickened me a little bit. So. Right, right. Right, well, yeah. just uh, for the sake of avoiding confusion then, I'll just say, Darren, thank you very much for giving me the shout-out. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Now, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, and yet another interview that Jack wasn't part of on our year-long anniversary. Half an wow. hour without Jack. You must have enjoyed that. What do you think, Jack? Wow, you honestly just threw me under the fucking car there. That is disgusting. <laughs> wow. I hope, I hope everyone, for like, for, oh, you know what, whatever. Whatever. No. Do you know what? What fucking, do you, whatever. Yeah, I'm done no. with this podcast. Well, we are done with this podcast, in fairness. We're going to wrap it up. So that was a lovely little segue, your mood swing there. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to say, we just before we go, and Jack, I think you'll agree with me on this, that we want to say a massive... Fuck off. Massive... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> massive thank you. <laughs> Not a massive fuck off to all of our listeners over the past 12 months. As we said last week, we didn't honestly think this would last any more than a couple of episodes. And to think that we're still doing this 12 months on means that clearly nobody in the Spotify complaints department knows who we are yet. Um, but here's next 12 months, they will. Um, so yeah, or if, if you don't listen to it, then Darren won't have the fuel or the burning desire to keep doing more, and then I'll actually be able to spend more time alone. <laughs> but I mean, to <laughs> yourself. To your fucking self. Yeah, exactly. Mikey's going to take your part anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> How many English can you cycle through in a fucking year? I will find out this year. I will. (laughs) Mikey, we just want to say a massive thank you to you as well because you are basically the third member of this podcast. This is absolutely... We couldn't do it without you, apart from the few ones that we have done without you. But... We do. We are absolutely grateful as well for your uninvited interruptions, even before we met at a thing. We we, um, <laughs> we want to say a massive thank you to you as well. We hope you've enjoyed. Thank it. you, thank man. you, Dad. Thank you. Yeah. Right, uh, of course. We just want to say, of course, as well, a massive thank you as well to there is a fourth member of our podcast. No, not John Magnum. We talked him already. We thanked him already. We do want to thank, of course, Chris Slattery as well who does upload the podcast as well every single week and was on a couple of episodes filling in for Mikey before as well. So we do want to thank him as well for all the work that he does, the hard work that he puts into all of this. So ladies and gentlemen, that was a year and we're going to leave it there. Jack, my name is Darren Jenkins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's his (laughs) name. He was christened that. That was Friday. Yeah, that was good, mate. That was fucking good, mate. That was the Good Friday podcast. We'll see you again soon. Fuck off! (laughs) And playing you out, ladies and gentlemen, as well, is Mr. Luke Devaney playing Tom Petty's Free Falling. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. She's a good girl Loves her mama Loves Jesus And America too She's a good girl Crazy about Elvis Loves horses And her boyfriend too Yeah! Well it's a long Living in the city, there's a freeway running through the yard. And I'm a bad boy, cause I don't even miss her. I'm a bad boy, breaking her heart. Bad boys 
are standing in the shadows and all the good girls home with broken hearts I wanna leave 